Hello, I'm Regina Botras and this is Backstage, where we talk with the who's who on stage, in dance, comedy and performing arts, speaking with the leading theatre makers of our times and how they came to the stage and what drives them and inspires them. We are going to the Old Fitz Theatre, a Red Line production, Collapsible, and we are talking with one of the directors, So. Zoe Holyoke about this production. It's a multidisciplinary new work that blends theatre, live cinema and XR technology in an exploration of identity, anxiety and what it means to be real. Zoe is a director and creative producer with nearly 10 years experience working across a range of organizations including Belvoir, Performing Lines, Perth Institute of Contemporary Arts, Black Swan Theatre Company and is the program producer for the performance space. She's worked across theatre, film and mixed media projects with Picard, Triple J, Unearth, Belvoir, The Blue Room, State Theatre of Western Australia and when she's not working, if she ever has other time, um, when she's not working in the performance space, runs an essential, runs Essential Workers, a Sydney-based theatre company that presents and produces new work. Welcome Zoe Hollyoak. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. This sounds like a, an incredible production. But before we get into it, how did you come to be a director? Like when did you, was there a defining moment that went, I want to do this? I'm interested in the arts or theatre or how? When was the beginning? Uh, that is a great question. I always knew that I wanted to be involved in the arts from a very young age. I grew up watching my grandmother perform, so we were always going to the theatre. Um, I think everybody's kind of initial way in to theatre is through performance because that's the first yeah. thing that you see. So I did a lot of acting classes and did a lot of community theatre productions and high school productions. And I enjoyed it, but I knew I, knew I wanted to make theatre. I didn't necessarily want to be in it, but I knew I wanted to be involved in the making of it. Um, and then from there, when I left school, I applied for the Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts. They had a new course called um, the Bachelor of Performing Arts, which was around performance making. And that course was incredible. So I had three years there and during that time got to direct, write, learn about producing. We did puppetry, we did singing, we did everything. We tapped into all of it. And it was around the time at WAPA that I realized, oh, this is what I want to do. <laughs> I want to be on this side of the making side. Um, and started to direct my own work in Western Australia before I moved to Sydney in 2020 to do my Great. directing masters at NIDA. Yeah. So I would say there wasn't your grandmother. Yeah. Your grandmother was a, an actor. Yeah. Do you remember like the you know, can you remember those early, you know, seeing her on stage yeah. and how it felt? I do. It was so magical. It was like an extraordinary moment to see someone that I knew as a family member sort of transform into somebody else in front of my eyes. Uh, it was it was magical. And I think that's where my love for the craft came from. 
But you obviously you do more than just theatre. Like there's film and there's other you know creativity in there. Is that something that you've learned along the way? Like you know how does that all work in the theatre space for you? Yeah, I'd say I'm, I say I predominantly work in theatre. There's something that I really love about the liveness that I feel like I don't get in other mediums. But there's been this really interesting shift that's starting to happen in theatre where we are starting to introduce more and more technology into theatre spaces. There are a couple of companies that do that incredibly well. There's a company in Perth called The Last Great Hunt who make live cinema productions and they were a big inspiration growing up and seeing their work in Western Australia. Um, In Sydney, we have Kip Williams from Sydney Theatre Company, who's doing a similar thing in terms of incorporating the use of cameras and like cinema techniques into the theatre spaces. With the work that we were exploring, we wanted to do something a little different rather than making a film on stage. We wanted to look at how we could use technology and we could use elements or techniques of that technology to enhance the story that we were sharing and in particular looking at how to give give a feeling <laughs> to to these moments that are really difficult to stage to talk about we wanted to explore is it possible to show somebody who is both inside their body and outside of their body at the same time mm. So this work collapsible, is it, I am assuming there's no, like, you have to use cameras or anything. It's just a straight play when before yes. the director comes in? Yeah, the script is a monologue. Um, it's a monologue by Margaret Perry. There is no, um, I'd like, identification of... Directorial notes? Oh, there's no real directorial notes at all. There's no um, identification of who is talking either. So that was one of the first steps we had to take with the show is figure out who is talking. Is it Essie, the main character? Is it her sister? Is it her best friend? Is it a thought that she's having internally that she's decided to say out to us um, as the audience? Yeah, there's absolutely no use of cameras (laughs) in the the play. Okay. So there's like you're saying you're suggesting all these characters, and this is done suggesting it's a one woman show. Although obviously you have camera people, so could you do it as like a you know have the sister and have the others, or is it really just the way it's written in her internal world? And like, have you decide or made have you made decisions along the way of this is going to be like. It sounds like it's very open to interpretation. Yeah, it is. And that's what was really exciting when I read the script. It has minimal stage directions, which I always find as a real big treat because it allows you to, to meet it at a place um, where it's less descriptive of what it asks for. But in the same sense, I always believe it is our job to honour the text as a director. So I wanted to make sure if we brought in new elements that it wasn't going to be intrusive and that it would actually help to pick out these themes and feelings in the work rather than to cloud it or 
be superfluous. The reason why we incorporated technology is that the opening monologue talks about Essie spending a lot of time on the internet. So the world is sort of set up as this very like digitally saturated world. There's many moments about feeling like the character is outside of themselves, watching themselves in the scene, which we believe is a great catalyst to move into using live cinema techniques. But again, wanted to take it a step further and we actually incorporated live motion capture technology. So Jan, our performer, is wearing a bunch of sensors underneath her costume. This is a real big reveal. <laughs> I'm telling you all the secrets. <laughs> is wearing a live motion capture suit with sensors underneath her costume. And there are particular moments in the play where we then turn that on and we see Jan generate a performance that's projected on the back wall of the set that is generated from the movement in her own body. And we use that in parts of the play where Essie, the character, talks about waking up one morning and looking down at a body in their bed and not recognising that body, but telling themselves, it, it is mine, this is my body, I am in this body. Because it's really looking at these feelings of like disassociation and what it happens when we connect from our sense of self, our identity, our environment, the disconnect between thoughts, which for me then really connects to digital saturation as well. And coming off the back of two years of COVID where we were trapped inside, trapped in, in screens. I think there are all of these little marriages that, that happened in our creative process and why we ended up incorporating the tech. Mm. It sounds like a perfect addition and really adds a level of that. I don't know what sounds like her struggling with her identity and anxiety and yeah, how you perceive yourself in the world as well as how others perceive you. It's such a, it sounds like, how old is this play? It must be quite new. Yeah. It was pre-COVID 2018, yeah. Okay, yeah, so it's quite contemporary. When I was reading, I was getting lots of really fantastic reviews, but I was reading one and it was referencing, suggesting, now as you tell me maybe, but this is saying that she's quite obsessed with this old 50s film Can you or, or this recording. Can you tell me why she's obsessed with this and what it is, maybe what it is yeah. first? Yeah, so Margaret... Margaret Perry, the playwright, has popped in a few references. It comes up in the opening monologue from Essie about being obsessed with this video of this 1950s housewife who takes LSD under a clinical trial. So the first thing we did is we all sat around the computer and Googled <laughs> 1950s housewife takes LSD. Gosh, I, thought you, <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say the first thing we did is sat there and had uh, some LSD. <laughs> no, no, we didn't do that. I mean, no, that would be a different no. way into the creative process. Um, 
<laughs> it would be very scary to do whilst also wearing the motion capture suit. Um, <laughs> but no, we gathered around to find that video um, to see, is this a real thing that exists? Um, and it is. So we found the video. We found Mary, the 1950s housewife. And it is such a fascinating video to watch because as Margaret describes it, this, you know, quite shy and meek housewife comes in, they take the LSD in the water, they wait a moment and then it kicks in and you you watch this woman see all of these these things and try to articulate them to the, the doctor. And what Margaret touches on in Collapsible is a particular um, sentence where she says, why doctor, there is no me, there is no you. And it is this full kind of unpacking of <laughs> what is reality? Who is real? <laughs> Can you tell me that I'm actually here? Yeah. And that, that for me is such like a, such a fascinating concept and something that crosses my mind all the time <laughs> without getting too existential and <laughs> diving into too much there, the sense of, yeah, how, how do we define what is real? Is it is it about mental health? Is it about, like, you know, her kind of losing a grip in a way? Yeah, it's, it is. It's about everything in a, in a way. Really, in terms of the journey, we follow this young woman called Essie who has just lost her job. She's lost her girlfriend and she's sort of at the bottom of the pit and is trying to find something to hold on to and in that process is applying for a bunch of jobs and in order to do that needs to find a, a way to sell herself and to kind of write this truthful cover letter and she begins writing a list and she sort of crowdsources that list. So you see her meet with her best friend, her dad, ex-colleagues to try and find words to describe who she is. And as she gets more and more words added to this list and feels like she's knowing who she is, there's all of these other things underneath, like bubbling under the surface. Um, and that sense of that m mental health can be really intrusive and pop up at all kinds of moments, even in the middle of a job interview. And it sounds like also the film really would add that element of, you know, when you are, I don't know, you become the, the minuteness of the intensity of your feeling. I guess you can use space mm. a lot with a lot more depth with the video film. Yeah, elements. absolutely. And that's how, that's how we've tried to use it. In a previous development, we were playing around with the, the idea that every time Essie was a different character, she would turn into a camera and talk directly into a camera. And that was fine. And that would have been a version of the play, but we felt like there was something more that we could dig a little deeper. And we landed on the, the notion that 
the performer and SE is very aware of the technology and they are in charge at moments like clicking for particular shots that they want to help convey this story. So it could be the close up of a ringing hand or yeah, it's really about like giving the, the sense of what is going on for the character in that scene. What are they seeing? to enhance that that perspective it sounds like a um technical i want to say nightmare minefield something like it must be like you imagine you've come to be or you are co-directing obviously but quite a choreographer as well like how does that space work yeah there are a lot of marks on the floor a lot of spike marks (laughs) because it requires hitting precision every night. We have two camera operators on on the stage, which there was a version where we were trying to automate everything and it's just not, oh, it's wow. not possible because <laughs> there are so many variables in live theater. Um, and so the camera operators are there to work um, and sort of dance with her because the shots will always be slightly different, even if we are aiming for that precision. It took a really long time. (laughs) We've been developing this work over a few years and it required a performer who was capable of doing that. And Janet Anderson is that in spades. Is absolutely incredible in terms of being able to deliver this emotionally connected performance whilst also blocking all of this choreography of where to turn a head or where to put a hand for that shot or where to place a particular object so it's, you know, on frame in the next scene. Yeah. We're really, really lucky to have Jan. Yeah. Mm, it sounds incredible. So this is nearly ending. It's on to the 1st of April. What's next for you? Uh, next up for me, I am working with the third year students at NIDA. We're doing a production Mm. of The Writer by Ella Hickson, which is a mammoth play, which I'm incredibly excited about. And And this is supported actually, the development of this was supported through NIDA or NIDA X. Is that sort of a developmental program? Yeah, so it's a new program that was released which is supported by the Gergensen Foundation, which is a program that supports uh, the development of works with new technology. Uh, And there were six grants that were awarded to NIDA alumni and Morgan Moroni and myself were one of those recipients, which was really lovely. So we spent um, time at NIDA learning how to work with live motion capture, which was an incredible opportunity because we would not normally be able to access that technology um, due to like the cost. Um, yeah, we're really, really thankful for the support of NIDA. Mm. And uh, you, did you both study together? Is this a, an ongoing partnership or is this a one-off? Yeah, or? Morgan and I met while we were at NIDA. So Morgan did the um, technical theatre course, technical theatre and stage management, and worked as a lighting and video designer predominantly. 
we worked on a couple of projects together and by the end of our time at NIDA, I was like, you're coming with me everywhere. <laughs> we, <laughs> we're, we're stuck together now. I think there are those moments where you find somebody who you just know can either like is an extension of the idea that you have, can finish a thought for you or can rigorously challenge you on an idea. And I love it. I love the the place where we meet at together. And I couldn't, there's no way that I could have done Collapsible without Morgan because it required the precision of Morgan's brain. It required deep understanding of video. It required all of the other incredible assets that Morgan brings to the team in terms of the work mm. he does as a producer and a production manager. Yeah. And also works as a lighting designer on the show, which is so many hats, so many hats. That just sounds like a perfect, you know, working relationship. Um, Holly, I mean, sorry, Zoe, Holly, Oak, thank you so much for joining me. It just sounds incredible. Collapsible is on at the old fits at the moment. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for taking the time and chatting theatre with me. I've loved it. Zoe Hollyoak there from one part of the directing team of Collapsible playing at the Old Fitzroy Theatre just till the weekend. So it's really getting knockout reviews and sounds like a very extraordinary piece of work, piece of theatre, piece of film, piece of, well, an experience. 